Hello and welcome to the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. I'm Thomas Fitch. Today is another episode of the Recap with Thomas Fitch as we are going to recap Texas's 27-24 loss to USC in double overtime in Los Angeles. So, a lot of, a lot of hot takes to get to today, so we're going to get right to it. So, first big hot take. Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator in Texas. Love the guy. Met him during orientation. Um, it made my day, but he's a really good guy. However, he needs to go because the way that he's running this offense is not working, um, especially when you look at Chris Warren. Chris Warren is, I don't want to say the best player on our team because we have guys like Colin Johnson, Connor Williams, but he's one of the best players on our team, one of the best running backs in the nation, yet he is getting four carries. That's just, that's unacceptable. Four carries for a guy who easily is, could have a really good NFL career. He, he could have a shot at the Heisman if he was getting more carries. But he gets four touches. And, and last week I said, the way to beat USC, run the ball. This team, 110th uh, in the FBS against the Rush. 110th, and he gets four carries. That and, and I did hear something that he had an eye laceration, but it doesn't matter because he, he was still in the game. He did a lot of blocking. He's good at that, too, because he's a good player. But four carries for 15 yards. That He's a leading rusher with four carries. That that just that says something about your play calling. So, Tim Beck, you got to go. I'm sorry, but you got to go. Um, anyways, uh, also, play calls by Tim Beck um, were a little questionable. Um, if you looked at... Uh, I thought the last play on offense when um, when Ellinger got stripped was I that was when I said give it to Warren again, but um, didn't listen to me. Anyways, so that'll bring us into Sam Ellinger, who had I don't want to say a great game because statistically, um, technically, it was not a great game, but his grit. Um, the way he really stepped up in the fourth quarter as a true freshman going on the road in the LA, the LA Coliseum, that is absolutely impressive um, and shows that he is going to be the quarterback of the future. This is what I've been saying. He's the quarterback of the future, but he's not the quarterback for this year. Um, I do believe that Shane needs and will be starting uh, the next game in two weeks against Iowa State on the road. Um, but if I'm Shane Bouchelle, I am calling every team in the nation and saying, I'm looking to transfer next year because I'm not going to have a job. So, um, Sam, his stats, 21 of 40, 298 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, and he had 19 rushes for 10 yards, but a lot of those, he had a bunch of sacks. Um, and this is kind of where the grit comes in because when we lost Connor Williams, it was, you know, every other play when he was passing, he had defenders in his face. And... Um, he, he did a really good job avoiding them. Uh, he took a bunch of sacks, but um, I thought he did a good job managing having three USC linemen in his face every other play. Um, the other thing, receiving crew, we really have one of the best receiving crews in the nation. Um, major shout out to Colin Johnson, who just had a absolute heck of a game. Uh, his stats were seven seven receptions, 191 yards. That is incredible. Um, 
the way he stepped up, some of the catches he made were just uh, – this guy is – I mean, I can't say it because I haven't watched a ton of uh, college football tape other than Texas, but he is at least one of the best receivers in the nation. Um, watch for him next year, top 10 draft pick, quite possibly. He is a beast. He is big. He has size. He has hands. Uh, he, he's athletic. Um uh, so he is he's just a matchup. Any team who's playing Texas is circling that matchup. They're putting their best corner on him because he just creates mismatches with his height and with his ability. Um Armonte Foreman also had a lot of good grabs. He had a great uh great catch in the end zone. Uh he had a couple good catches across the middle of the field. Um so and a lot of other guys, Lil Jordan, uh Lorenzo Joe. And that's with uh Ellinger not being the most accurate. He missed a lot of throws to these guys. Um, there was a play later, I can't remember if it was third or fourth quarter, but we had Foreman wide open and just overthrew him. And that shows why, you know, Shane hits those throws. But I did feel as the game went on, he got more accurate, which is impressive to hang in there when when the form's not quite there. But uh, I think a lot of his incompletions also are a lack of chemistry, uh, maybe throwing to like the wrong route, but... Um, Colin Johnson is, might be the best player on this team, um, other than Michael Dixon, shout out Michael Dixon, other than that one shank, uh, punter of the year candidate right there. Um, finally on offense, um, this isn't as much about the offense, but there were a lot of bad calls. There were a ton, the refs missed a lot of things. Um, there were a ton of uh, missed pass interference calls where, it was pretty clearly pass interference. Textbook, definition, this is what it is. And there were no flags thrown. Um, one of them was on a, on a play that if there's no pass interference, it's probably a touchdown. So, and a lot of those came on third downs, and they're big. They would have been a big play. So, missing those, you can't ever blame the game on a ref. Um, but the refs certainly didn't help us. I'll say that, but I, I don't want to put it on the refs. Uh, there was also, th- they missed uh, some holding calls. Uh, I, there was literally an absolute blatant block in the back right in front of the ref where the guy just pushed our defender. No call. Uh, on the fake punt, they called a hold. I watched it. There wasn't a hold. Um, so the officiating was not good by any, stre- uh, any stretch of the imagination. Um, all right, defense. Let's get to defense real quick because I was a whole lot more impressed with our defense than our offense. Our offense still has a ways to go um, as far as the quarterback position, as far as learning to give the ball to Warren. Um, but um, I really thought there was a lot of uh, – la- last week I said there were good adjustments going to the San Jose State game, and if we want to have a chance against USC, we're going to have to continue to make more adjustments, continue to improve. And we did that. The defense absolutely stepped up. This is the best defensive performance I've seen. I mean, since we since the the 2005 Rose Bowl when we had Aaron Ross and all those guys. So, well, okay, Earl Thomas. Back in the Earl Thomas days, where it was good defense too. So they stepped up. Uh, we finally saw the Malik Jefferson we'd been waiting for. Uh, just an incredible game. He had 11 total tackles, nine solo, two tackles for loss. Anthony Wheeler also with a heck of a game, kind of flying under the radar, 12 total tackles, uh, one and a half sacks. So the uh, 
The defensive line was able to get more pressure, um, three total sacks, which is more than we had in the two previous games. So that's that's a step up. Puna Ford, uh, another person who had uh, a beast of a game. Um, and stopping the run, that was one thing. Before the game, I, I was saying, Darnold doesn't even need to throw a lot. All they have to do is hand the ball off to the running backs, and they'll run all over us. But let, let's see how many rushing yards they had as a team. They had 71 yards. Uh, Ronald Jones the second, 18 carries for 47 yards. So the ability of the defense, the defensive line to go from, and the whole defense to go from the Maryland performance, which was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen in my life. Uh, and again, it wasn't as much missed tackles. It was misalignments, missed, just uh, missing assignments. But to go from that to this game and holding the number four team in the nation to um, 17 points in regulation, um, Tom Herman and Todd Orlando, um, just incredible adjustments. Uh, Todd Orlando, like, mad props to you because that just the improvements were impressive. Um, the pass coverage, that was another thing I kind of was unimpressed with earlier on the first two games. And it, it, it wasn't as much of a step up as the D line was, but there was still a lot. I saw Chris Boyd, he got burned on um, the first play of overtime that USC scored. But other than that, he had a good game. He had a lot of good um, contests on passes. So, uh, the defense, they just play with a lot of heart, and they they realize, you know, the play that really I feel like summed, summed up the defense the best um, in the possession was in a second overtime after we have turned the ball over and all USC needs is a field goal. The fact that the defense, after they've, they've given up the last two scores in the game for USC, uh, they really seem to have no answer. Then they come out. And they get a three and out on USC. And granted, they make the field goal. But the ability for them, with no momentum, um, to be able to come out and stop USC that quick. The team two weeks ago against Maryland, if that had happened, it would have been a touchdown on the first play. So, a lot of improvements. Um, The one thing, um, I don't know how good of a team USC is. They're They're a good team. So I'm like I'm not saying they're like a not top twenty five team. I think they are, but you look at it, they had a close game for a while with Western Michigan. They um, they beat Stanford fairly well last week, but Stanford lost this week to San Diego State, so that win doesn't look as good. And Sam Darnold, granted, um, our defense was doing a better job, giving more pressure, but granted. Sorry, but it just, he just didn't look together or off. Just something looked off in his game because he's clearly a good quarterback. We've seen that last year. We've seen that in the first two games. He's a good quarterback, but there were a lot. And he did, he had about five or six wide open passes that were dropped by his receivers. So that was a big problem for them. But his stats, 28 of 49, 397 yards, three touchdowns and two picks. But there were just a lot of throws where he had guys open that he just missed, especially towards the end of the game. And some of that is you're getting more pressure in. But there were some times where there was no pressure. He was just sitting back in the pocket. 
and he just missed the guy. So I think this UC game will be like Maryland where it's kind of hard to judge how good or bad of a loss it is. Um, at this point, I would say, you know, there's no more victories, but I would almost call this a statement loss for, for uh, Tom Herman. Um, I don't know that maybe not, but we're going to have to see how these teams do. Um, we're definitely going to have to root for USC and Maryland. Um, because again, it's just, it's hard to tell this early in the season, how good a team is. And we have, we've all seen what happened with Notre Dame last year, who was ranked in the top 10 and went five and seven. And I even, when the game went into overtime, I told my friends, I said, USC fans better watch out. They're going five and seven this year. Um, but I, this is this is definitely this is a good USC team. I'm not saying that they're not actually going to go five and seven. This is a team who I still think will win nine ten games this season. However, I don't know if this this is a championship caliber team yet. Yeah, maybe they'll improve. Sam Darnold is still a young quarterback, uh, and they had a lot of mistakes. But as of now, I don't see this team, uh, this USC team, winning a championship. Um, but all in all, I mean. It's a tough loss because anytime you lose in double overtime, it hurts. But if you had told me that, if you had told me that going into the fourth quarter we'd be down four points to USC, I would have been like, "Ha, oh, that's funny, wishful thinking." But no, like it's not going to happen. But then to go in, to be in to go into overtime and go into double overtime against the number four team ranked number four ranked team in the nation on the road, which is Texas has not played good on the road the last three, four, you know, since Cole McCoy. To, to go on the road in double overtime and almost beat the number four team in the nation, that is that is incredibly impressive. Hopefully, the players will take this as a confidence booster. Um, they will learn from it. And if they play the way that they played this game, especially defensively, and continue to make some better offensive improvements, uh, play more and more, either get Ellinger to be more accurate or get Bouchelle, which I want to get Bouchelle more in the game. I believe this is a team who who can contend for the Big 12. I don't know about when. I think the OU game will be tough because they have an incredible offensive line, incredible defense, really good team. But this is definitely a game or a uh, a year where we can contend for the Big 12 uh, championship. Anyways, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining the recap with Thomas Fitch on the Thomas Fitch Sports Show. I'm Thomas Fitch. I'll see you all in two weeks.